Hello, everyone. I'm Harpreet Singh, welcoming you to the Future of Work Pioneers podcast. Today, we are speaking with Marcello Damiani, the Chief Digital and Operational Excellence Officer at Moderna. Marcello has 20 years of experience in IT and business processes and leads Moderna's digital strategies. Prior to joining Moderna, Marcello served in leadership roles as Group CIO at Biomurix and Senior Director of Global Networks at Motorola. Marcello, welcome to the show. Thank, thank you for having me, uh, Harpreet. Nice to be here. So let's start with the, your career journey. You have an interesting background coming to biotech space from aerospace and telecom. Tell us how that happened. Yeah, uh, so, so uh, first of all, I, I, I came from Lebanon as an immigrant to France uh, to, to do my study after high school. And I studied in Toulouse, which is the center for aerospace industry in, in, in France. And when I finished my studies as a software and telecommunication engineer, I started my career working for this industry, for the aerospace industry. Actually, I was a software engineer building test software to test the software that we put in satellites. So that was my first job and enjoyed it a lot. And, and, and uh, did lots of software engineering and so on. But I wanted to move into the area that I uh, graduated in at the time. It was uh, telecommunication. And there was a company called Motorola. And based in Toulouse doing semiconductor. So I decided, let's, let's try this industry and see how, how it feels and, and, uh, and how I can help in that industry. And at Motorola, I had multiple positions. and and uh, ended up in the US leading uh, the, the, the global telecommunication and networks for the company uh, at, at global level from, from the headquarter near Chicago. And um, at the time I was there, Motorola was, uh, was going into uh, divestiture. As, as you remember at the time, it was uh, the iPhone coming out and, and Motorola splitting into uh, small, smaller companies and selling the mobile uh, business. Uh, I said to myself, it's time to, uh, to make a move again. It, it's, it's been 12 years. And uh, well, I moved uh, uh, at the time, uh, I moved to the, uh, well, to the diagnostic industry, which, which is in the life science. And uh, I moved back to France uh, to, to work at Biomarieux. And uh, the CEO of Biomarieux at the time was Stéphane Bonsal. Uh, and as, as uh, you know, Stéphane is currently the CEO and, and, and employee number two at, uh, at Moderna. So, so uh, time passed, and as I was doing my transformation in the IT space at Biomarieux, uh, transforming the companies and the, the, the IT landscape over there, a few years afterwards, uh, well, I, I got in touch with Stefan again, and, and he invited me just to come and see what they're building at Moderna, the science behind what they're doing, and, and I wasn't going for, for a change. But when I saw the science, the potential and what uh, we could do, uh, well, uh, I, I decided, well, it's time again to go and, and, and change. This seems to be a life 
changing event or, or experience. Um, it was it, in 2015, now it's six years and, and a half almost uh, that I've been at, at Moderna. So, so this, is, this is how it all happened. It's, a, it's an amazing, uh, amazing uh, experience that I had in different industries, but I would say that where I am today, it's, it's, it was really life-changing. Immigrants, you know, are the backbone of uh, America's innovation economy. Much of the leadership at Moderna, including yourself, are immigrants. So tell us about the role of diversity and inclusion within Moderna's corporate culture. Yeah, I think it's embedded in our DNA. I, I, well, uh, I would say it's a mix. We have lots of immigrants, but we have as well lots of uh, a U.S. citizen in the leadership team. I think it's maybe 60% U.S. citizens, 40%. I don't know the, the exact number. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, we look at talent. We, we, we don't look at this person is coming from this background or this uh, ethnicity or this country. What we look is really how how to bring talent together to, uh, to work on the problems that we have at hand. And, and we favor diversity because we believe we need different people thinking differently because this is what foster innovation, this is what foster different thinking. And, and this is how we build the company. We're very keen on inclusion. We're very, uh, very keen on people being able to voice their opinion and, 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 uh, and use their voice to change what we are doing on how we are doing things. And I think this is, this is what led probably to this diversity that you see uh, at Moderna, whether it's uh, uh, it's background from an ethnicity standpoint or background from uh, uh, from other perspectives. So, so yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been uh, anchored in, in in how we operate in our culture. Moderna has become a household name for many people during the pandemic, being one of the largest distributors of the COVID nineteen vaccine globally. Moderna, however, has other lines of effort that leverage its mRNA platform. Can you give our audience an overview of Moderna's business and what we can expect in the future? Yeah. So, so maybe I'll go back to the science piece, just so the audience understand what's, what's messenger RNA and how our body works. I'm not a scientist, so I'll, I'll describe it hopefully in a way that people can understand it. But in, 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 in summary, your body operates with protein. This is the hormone, the enzyme, everything that makes your body work are, are, are proteins. And what messenger RNA do is uh, take the code of those proteins from your DNA and produce them on, an, on, on, a, on a daily basis. You have billions of proteins that are produced through this process, messenger RNA, taking the, the code of the protein inside the cells and producing those protein. So what we do is we use messenger RNA to prevent or cure diseases. So in, in a vaccine setting, you are preventing diseasing, diseases by uh, producing the proteins that are on the surface of the, uh, the virus inside your body and your immune system is reacting against those because the, the immune system sees them, sees them as foreign proteins and viral proteins and therefore attacks them and this is how you get immunized. But you can work as well on producing 
the, the natural protein that in many instances can be missing. For example, in rare diseases, you have some enzyme or, or other proteins that are missing or, because the DNA is damaged or, or the code of those proteins doesn't exist. In this setting, what, what our technology can do is that you, you, you code the sequence of the protein inside the messenger RNA injected to the cells and the cells start producing those proteins again. So, so this, is, this is the technology. You can produce any protein in the body, uh, whether it's intracellular, extracellular, or on the surface of the cells. So with this, what we can work on is, of course, the vaccine, and everyone has seen our vaccine uh, with, with COVID and, and the portfolio of vaccine behind COVID that we, we've shown and demonstrated. But we have other indications that are all ongoing in clinical trials, like we're working on some rare diseases, we're working on uh, oncology uh, as well, uh, uh, and we are working on cardiovascular diseases, autoimmune diseases. So we have a portfolio of 24 plus programs that are ongoing at different level in clinical trials at the moment. So, so this is the promise of uh, of this technology, and and I think we're we're starting uh, we're starting to see. Um, the promises now with the vaccine, hopefully we will see much more as, as we progress those other indications. This episode is brought to you by Experfy. Incubated in Harvard Innovation Lab, Experfy provides custom future of work solutions, such as private talent clouds and skill taxonomies. Experfy differentiates itself by using subject matter experts to pre-vet and pipeline candidates for AI and high-end technology skills. However, Experfy Talent Cloud Platform is skill agnostic and can be licensed to build custom talent clouds for any and all skills. In a different use case, enterprises interested in employee intermobility can license the Experfy platform to create an internal gigs marketplace where interested employees can be algorithmically matched to projects, gamifying their learning experience. Visit www.experfy.com for more information. Which, which things are uh, on the horizon or more imminent uh, when it comes to uh, other lines of effort? Yeah, so, so uh, if I look at cardiovascular, we're partnering with AstraZeneca, for example, on revascularization of, of the heart tissue. Uh, it's it's in, in phase two in clinical trials. It's ongoing. Uh, we started a phase, a phase one clinical trial in, in uh, prochronic acidemia, which is, uh, which is um, an enzyme, I, I believe, that is missing uh, in a person and create lots of issues for, uh, for um, well, uh, well, children, actually. And we started a phase one uh, to replace this enzyme by, by, by producing a protein with messenger RNA. We have multiple programs on oncology. Among those, one is a personalized cancer vaccine where we uh, work on, on uh, every patient to identify the mutations. Mutations are the, are the cancers. And, and we, we produce the messenger RNA uh, to, uh, to those mutations. Uh, so, so it's individualized medicine. So all those are ongoing and we started as well our phase one uh, on autoimmune diseases uh, as well and one program in autoimmune. So there are plenty of programs that are going, uh, ongoing 
and and uh, well, we'll see the result of those clinical trials when when we get to the, to the phase three and, and the end of phase three. So, you, you talk about personalized medicine uh, as a uh, future, right? It holds great promise. Uh, how, how does one create these uh, personalized recipes for? cancer patients, for example, who, who, who's, who's doing the work is because if, if, since you've got so many different patients with different profiles, Moderna couldn't do all that work. So how, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's very, very good questions because this is where digital as well play a big role uh, because what, what we've done is we, we've digitized the whole process. So a patient go to, to uh, in, in those clinical trials to go to hospital settings, they do the biopsy, they compare normal cells to mutated cells, cancer cells. And, and then we send those, uh, those uh, cells for sequencing and use an external partner who help us through the sequencing. And once we have the difference between the, the normal cell and the cancer cell identified in mutation, all goes in silico and it goes to uh, uh, um, an algorithms that we have built uh, to identify which messenger RNA uh, to code for those um, uh, mutations so we can create the, uh, the response from the immune system. And when, when you're coding for a mutation, where we're coding for 34, but you can have between 100 to 1,000 of mutation, and you need to identify the most immunogenic mutations, the one that your immune system will respond the most to. And this is where we use some algorithmics based on uh, data and, and, and partnership as well with universities to develop this algorithm. And then it goes to manufacturing. We manufacture those 34 messenger RNA, and then we ship it back to the patient, and then we inject it. And we are working in partnership with uh, Merck on, on, on this. So we, we, we not only uh, use our personalized cancer vaccine, but we combine it with Keytruda from, from Merck uh, to have the, the, the highest uh, efficacy uh, that we hope uh, possible. So, so this is this is ongoing clinical trials. If you look at it, the whole uh, the whole traceability, the whole thing is being digitized, and and the manufacturing the manufacturing process is individual. So one batch equal one patient. So this is how we built it. Speaking of digitization, much of Moderna's success can be attributed to its being a, a data centric company. Your title as Chief Digital and Operational Excellence Officer was crafted uh, to apply IT in a way that would make uh, Moderna both agile and data-driven. I'm curious uh, how you're leveraging digitization and platform integrations and how your role supports uh, excellence across digital and operational domains. Yeah, I, I think the key, the key for us is few things. First, how can we, the questions that we were asking ourselves, how can we increase the quality of everything we do? Remove mistakes, uh, do it right the first time, and so on. The second piece is how can we accelerate the cycle time, the speed to, to, to learn more? And, and, and the third piece is around how can we scale all this? And the first one, the last one I would say is how can we and be more efficient in everything that we do. So with those four principles, 
we we looked at our processes and we look at the processes end to end to see how you make them the most efficient and you work on digitizing those processes and when you digitize the processes the good news is you start collecting data lots of data if you structure it the right way you're getting structured data and as soon as you start getting this data with time you have a wealth of data that you can take insight from and this is where you start building some algorithmics to help the science to help quality of the science to help uh, the, the scale, etc. So this is how we've been building it and, and give you one example on the research side with our scientists, they go to the what we call the drug design studio, which is where they design their messenger RNA, those proteins and so on. And they've been doing it now for five years or, or, or a, bit, a, a bit more. And we've been collecting data all the time. And with data, we've been able uh, to give guidance to the scientists or, or whether the construct that they, or the design of the construct of messenger RNA can be improved to, 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 uh, to, be, uh, to, to facilitate the manufacturing process of it or not. And when they finish the, their design and so on, they submit it to an automated lab that we've built in our knowledge facility. And this lab as well has been fully digitized, collecting data. And with this data where today we have a wealth of information that is helping us on the quality setting, we built some algorithmics to help with, um, with the quality or the, the validation of the construct that they are building for research. And it helped us as well define yields on, on, on the line. So there, there are multiple problems that you can tackle when you're a data-driven enterprise that if you don't have the data in a way that is structured, it, it's very tedious, very uh, uh, time and, and, and effort intensive. So this is, this is, this is the thinking here. And, and we've been at it for the past uh, six, six and a half years, I would say now. Marcello, um, in the past, vaccines have taken 10 years to reach the market. How, how did you expedite uh, the production of your COVID-19 vaccine? And is it think easy for Moderna to replicate the success with other vaccines? Uh, right? In other words, are there any learnings that would translate to development of other vaccines and the ways in which you would work with the FDA and other stakeholders to bring these products to market faster? I, th I think I, I, would, I would say there are three elements that helped us accelerate the, the vaccine. Uh, uh, first, the, the first one is our technology and how we are building the company, of course, that help uh, accelerate the vaccine. But there are two elements that are, were important during this pandemic. The pandemic itself is an accelerator because when you go through clinical trials, you need to, to understand how efficacious is your vaccine. And when you have a pandemic, you have a high rate of infected people. And therefore, to get to your statistics uh, and, and understand whether your vaccine is efficacious or not, it's much, much quicker by the nature of the infection in, in the world. And, and the third element was really financial. We, we, we worked with the governments and, and, uh, and we, we received funding that helped us build at risk. That means even before we had the data that proved that our vaccine was uh, efficacious, 
we were able to produce batches for the next phase and even for commercial at risk. We, uh, so those are the three elements that helped during the pandemic. I think the one that will go beyond the pandemic or maybe one and a half, I would say, first is our technology and how we build the company and messenger RNA and how, how quick you can adapt and adjust messenger RNA because it's, it's really information-based molecules. Those four letters, you can, you can build any protein with just four letters. So changing the letters without changing anything else help you drastically accelerate that piece. But I think you mentioned it as well, working with the regulator and, and it has, has changed during this, this pandemic and providing them data in a different way and an accelerated way probably will help accelerate as well the rest of the, the pipeline that we are working on. So, so I think I think those the, 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 the third element, of course, the pandemic, we don't hope that there's another one. We hope this is the last one. But uh, in, in, a, in a normal setting, um, you won't have this uh, pandemic effect, especially on the vaccine side, uh, to accelerate uh, the, the number of cases that you're, uh, you're looking to prove statistically that your uh, medicine is efficacious. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about uh, AI and machine learning at Moderna. Are there specific use cases or solutions that are simply not possible without AI and ML? Um, I think I think everything is probably possible without AI and machine learning. It depends how much effort and how much time you are willing to put to it. Uh, in some cases, it becomes uh, well realistic because you need ages of people uh, time to be able to deliver just a simple solution. And this is what we've been working on. We've been using AI and machine learning, not uh, in, in a moonshot uh, programs, but in very pragmatic programs where you have data complexity, where it's very tedious for a human being to be able to solve the issue. And where a machine and uh, combined with data is, is, is natural, uh, to solve those type of problems. And we've been working on many of those problems in, in, in Moderna and, and helping, helping the science and helping other areas as well. So, so, so I would say yes, in a way, that there are some problems that you cannot solve with a human. At least it's not realistic to solve with your humans. Mm -hmm. So any, any examples you can give us to make this tangible? Yeah, I think there's an example that I can talk to because it's public and we talked about is, for example, to be able to to be able to do a quality control and when a scientist in a research setting is working on a construct, they do quality control to make sure that the construct that we have built is uh, in compliance with the original one that they have designed. And to be able to do this, well, you can use an army of people just to check based on the outcome of the instrument, whether it's the case or not. And we, we looked at how people were working and doing it. And we realized that, uh, that the same person on the same construct, uh, sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no. And uh, it's very tedious, it's very difficult. Therefore, you have many, many people involved in the same construct. 
So what we've done is we, we trained a machine learning algorithm to do it on behalf of people. And they were training the algorithm instead of, uh, of doing that themselves. And at the end, the algorithm was way, way more accurate than the people were. And it, re it relieved the people from this daunting task that they, well, first they don't like to do because it's, it's tedious and it required lots of effort and, and time to be able to do it uh, appropriately. So this is an example of how we've been uh, using machine learning. Another one is in, in a manufacturing or uh, in, in, in the lab setting where we produce the messenger RNA based on the characteristic of the construct when we design it, we, we are able with time to learn whether the construct will require a high yield or low yield and therefore plan the production appropriately to support the yield that is needed. So those are two examples. I, I, there are many others uh, that uh, I can talk to, uh, but I, I think those are, uh, this is how we think and this is how we build uh, our machine learning and AI activities. You are sitting in the center of uh, innovation in Cambridge and uh, also you sit on boards of other biotech companies. Uh, help us understand what are the trends that you see? How, how is this industry evolving? And what are you most excited about? Yeah, well, I think, I think that there are many trends, both on the bio, uh, biology side, uh, with genomic, transcriptomic, and, and, and so on, but as well on the, uh, on, on the algorithmic side, on the technology side, uh, with AI machine learning being one of them. I think one of the trends that I haven't yet used but we're exploring is quantum computing. Because with quantum computing, not only you can uh, have a, a massive amount of data, but you can compute this in a very short period of time. Uh, it's still not, not there yet, but I think this in the future probably is one thing that we should be looking at. We should understand that. And another one is around visualization with virtual reality, augmented reality, and so on, and how this can help us uh, in, in understanding better the science or how, how the, the body interacts and so on. So that there are plenty of opportunity, I think, still to be explored with new technologies coming on board. And they can help on the science side, but they can help as well on the clinical, how you design your clinical trials and how you produce even your, your, uh, your messenger RNAs or, or other drugs. So, so th those are the technology that we're exploring, we're testing, we're, see, we're checking very closely. Well, Marcello, thank you so much for your time. This has been a real pleasure. Yeah, th thank you so much, Harpreet, for having me here. It's a pleasure as well.